Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Today we have as our guest Akshay K who is the global HR business partner at Wipro. Hi Akshay, thank you for coming and joining us today. So Hi, just, thank, you. thank you for having me. Likewise. So just to give a bit of context to our lovely listeners, could you pl- please share your life journey so far? Sure. So it has been a mixture of horizontal and vertical uh, challenges, vertical exposure for, for me uh, throughout my tenure so far. I started off as a software engineer, worked for an organization as a website developer. In fact, prior to working during my educational times, so while I was still pursuing my engineering, I used to do freelancing to understand the latest technologies, latest requirements that the business has, the clients requirement and that's how i started my interest into software or predominantly website development as a stream and that's where my role towards the mnc the multinational corporate is what started but over a period of time i realized uh, somehow this is not my cup of tea i'm not very much into coding and i also sensed that website designing which was at that uh, point in time was something booming is not going to last forever so there were a lot of occasions where i felt that this is something which is a monotonous role i might not be able to focus more on to this journey so that's where i started looking out for uh, different aspects so uh, there were two options that were left in front of me either i do ms or something which is a post graduate into the engineering stream or i take com- completely change the stream for that matter and that's where my management career started for me and uh, i did my human resource management from swiss business school and post to that and in fact during the college days itself i got opportunity to work for two organizations one was completely into the manufacturing unit and the other one was an it service company where i got a very good exposure into the hr field I got to meet a lot of leaders in fact i met the chro of uh, the organization as well as part of my uh, survey and thesis that i was doing for my educational um, journey academic and uh, that's where my interest into the hr grew for me and uh, i started my career with a startup uh, called innate learning solutions which was predominantly a training consultant kind of a, a role that i was playing there and over a period of time i grew deeper deeper into the hr business partnering space uh, however keeping being fortunate as well that i got opportunity to get my hands on experience into learning and development into compensation and benefits into recruitment as well and keeping side by side my hr business partner in forte as well so that's how my sme or subject matter expertise uh, became uh, more uh, I, i could have more depth into this kind of experience keeping also a view of what are the other pillars if i can say of hr That's amazing. You had quite the journey, I must say. So, with the mental stress, uh, with the kind of stress of the ever-changing industry, how should HR handle employees who report mental health issues or burnouts? Well, uh, it's it's part of our day-to-day activities, isn't it? So, with the ever-changing challenges, 
uh, that the employees face with ever-changing competition that the employees face. It is but natural to have stress and burnout. As an HR business partner, it is more important for us to uh, be cognizant of this fact, be aware that yes, an employee is going through a difficult challenges uh, in their life. There could be personal challenges, that could be professional challenges as well that they are facing. It is important for us to be a good listener, to be empathetic about this particular situation, and more importantly, address the concern on time. So usually what we generally do is we start off very good when we have these kind of conversations. We realize we become a very good listener as an HR business partner. We try to understand their concerns. At times, we also empathize, but we forget to address the third part, which is addressing the concern in a timely manner. I think that plays an important role. For an employee, they are not just looking at us as a sounding board. They want us to act as well. They don't want to get empathy from us. They also want us to resolve this issue and provide all the support that we can, right? So uh, in this entire journey, we have to be aware of that. As much as for a business partner, there are multiple things. And just imagine if we have around you know, 500 to 700 hard food employees stacked to us. And if we at least have a 20% of these headcounts coming out with stress or burnout as a concern, it becomes difficult for us to keep a track of all these things, right? But prioritizing, making sure that we are addressing this concern, making sure that we are trying to resolve these kind of issues from the employee standpoint becomes an important aspect of our career. Right. Also, nowadays, I think organizations have started with third-party associations. So we have a lot of third-party vendors who have these expert psychologists who help uh, these employees to make sure that they reduce their stress level. They try to have conversation. They try to provide tools and tips and techniques which have worked well in the past. And, um, you know, that's how they support. Uh, but in spite of a third party being in the organization or being associated with the organization, our role still remains because uh, what happens is this is a time-consuming process. I think we all have to agree to that. A stress mm-hmm. cannot go out in, a day, in just a day or two, right? So it's a time-consuming process. And we would want to support the employees throughout the journey. So being with them, uh, making sure that we earn their trust, making sure that they are open with us in terms of what are the things that are happening and how we are supporting them becomes the primary aspect to handle such cases. Right. So it's definitely like we say, action speaks louder than words, right? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> right. So employees do want not just HR's communication being driven, but also taking actions into their lives and making the fix for all the problems. So that is amazing. So how do you balance the needs of the organization with the needs of individual employees? And what strategies do you ensure that both are met? I think that this is something that should start from the strategy creation phase. I have seen few of the organizations where they don't include the HR leadership or the HR representative during the creation of the strategy. In the closed room, they don't have a representative from an HR. And those are the companies which I have done my research at least to understand how they have succeeded or what sort of strategies have really shown well uh, progress or good progress from the organization standpoint. And I have realized definitely based on my limited exposure that these are the organizations who have failed to motivate and empower the employees. And also they are the ones who have seen a very high attrition during the non-peak season. We all know uh, from an HR standpoint, we have a peak and all 
of peak season from an attrition standpoint. There are parts of the year, there are months of the year where we really see a very good attrition, uh, where you know the market is churning, there are employees moving across the board, so we lose few employees, we get few employees as well. So that is the normal cycle that we see. But a problem statement for an organization is when an employee moves off peak season, when there has been no churning in the market, when the market is stable, but we still tend to lose the employees. And when you look at these kind of exit interviews, or when you do the research for these exit interviews, you realize that a lot of these cases are the ones where uh, the employee has left the organization due to multiple other reasons apart from compensation. I'll give you an example to this or a real-time survey. Throughout my journey, I have got associated with one of the uh, third vendor, third-party vendor who helps us in evaluating the exit observation. Right. So they are the organizations who have conversations with the employees who have left the organization post the employee completely moving out. See, what we do as an HR business partner is someone resigns, we go ahead and have the conversation with the employee to understand what is the reason for resignation. But this particular third party of us, what they do is they talk to the employee once the employee moves out of the organization. Now, this will also give and help the organization and the employer as well to get a very candid response from the employee. There are no bindings, nothing that, no strings attached, and the employee is very free to provide the uh, feedback as much as we try to gain the similar kind of a trust from our end, but it is more apt coming from a third party, right? And in the survey uh, that they had launched and the report that they published in 2022, it's mentioned that 72, and, and they are doing the like-to-like comparison vis-a-vis the organization's reason for leaving to the employee uh, actually stating the actual reason. To them. So for a lot where 72% of the employee had mentioned compensation as one of the reasons for moving out of the organization, they came out and said that only 18% of them actually had compensation as a reason. All right. There were 63% of the data which says manager or supervisor as the primary reason for them to look out for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens from an employee's mindset and why do employees give two different aspects? Uh, let me also provide clarity to that part, right? So when an employee gets an offer in hand, the primary focus of that offer letter is the compensation. And I'm sure any organization who is providing an offer will at least give a 30 to 40% jump into the current CTC, which if an employee were to stay in the organization and especially like service industry like us, right? we might not see that kind of a huge jump at all. Now that becomes the primary aspect for an employee when he or she is moving out. And when we have this conversation, they try to look it from the compensation standpoint. But the triggering factor is something that has to be always looked at. As an employee starts off their journey, what led him or her to look out for an opportunity? Of course, once he or she gets an opportunity that compensation is the primary part. Mm-hmm. But what led him to move out, led him to look out, led him to provide these knocks of the world, you know, give give a consent to start looking out for opportunities, right? So that triggering factor is something that we should fix from an organization, uh, from the employee, sorry. And the minute when we have that clarity that what is the triggering factor, we will be able to resolve these kind of issues. We will be able to try to support the employees as well. So it is prima facie important to understand what has been the triggering factor of the employee. Also, we have to look at, as an HR business partner, we should have a very good pulse 
very good holes, very good understandings of the team that we are catering to. Because the minute when we have these kind of exposure within the employee's area or employee space, we will be better off business partner when we are having the conversations with our leaders. When we are on that table in the closed room having or creating the strategies, we will be able to provide the relevant pointers that we will be able to look at what employee wants. We will also be able to get an exposure of what is the business strategy, what are the things that as a business leader, we are looking to achieve in the coming maybe quarters or coming four quarters or coming five years as well. So if there is a vision there, that has to be in alignment with the employee's uh, expectations as well. And that's how we will be able to add value uh, to both the sides, of course, from a business standpoint and also from an employee point of view. But if we don't have a good exposure, good understanding of the employee, then we will not be the representative that we have to, right? And also there is a saying that we are the bridge between the employer and the employee, right? We will be able to be that bridge only when we have an understanding from both an employee standpoint and an employee. At the end of the day, HR business partner has to come up, come out with a win-win situation. We right. have to make sure that we are not letting either the business win into this entire battle and not just support an employee and be the employee's Masiha as well. We are not here to do this. It is what it is uh, something. If if I have to put it in a way, the right thing is what is expected out of us and to be fair for both the parties, let it be business or be the employee. That's quite the big task of trying to optimize every aspect of the business, every people, individuals involved in it. And also looking at the strategies when you said that the exit points are as just as important and take into consideration what caused them to, what made them think about leaving the organization, which is absolutely great. So Let me add to this, in right. fact, um, and, and I have done a lot of such uh, research from an attrition or a resignation standpoint. And something that I preach and I follow as well, if you see your employees who are leaving the organizations are equally a brand ambassador for the organization than an employee who's currently there uh, working with that company, with that company, right? So when I come to a new organization, the first thing that I do or the first few things that I speak about is how good my previous organization was. What were the things that were working really well in my organization? What sort of benefits, what sort of recognition mechanisms that they had, which had really proven worth? And we have seen results, right? So it is how my exit journey has also been, plays a very important role in an employee's life. Because as an exited employee or as an ex-employee, I go to multiple other organizations, talk about my previous journey, talk about my previous organization, saying that this is what has worked really well. Only I can do only this if I have been getting a good exposure throughout my tenure in the organization. The moment I have been treated unfairly, or if I have got a biased response from the organization, I will be the first person to talk negative about my previous organization, or to not to talk at all. So I am spreading my previous organization's values, culture, ways of working to the new organization and to the people whom I connect with, right? So it is very important how you see the exits. Usually we have seen these managers the moment employee resigns, right? So it becomes a stigma that yes, employee has resigned. Let's give him, you know, why is that he has not been able to stay with us? 
why not uh, you know we have done so many things for this particular employee and why is that we uh, he is still not appreciating the efforts that has been done i think we have to be uh, both from a business and an employer standpoint aware of or cognizant of this aspect that employees have a lot of other needs as well it is not limited to financial needs it is not limited to career needs it is not limited to career progression right so there are other expectations there are other aspirations that an employee has and as an organization we might not have all the ammunition available with us to support the employee the only thing that we should do as much as in the offer letters what comes and stands out in the bold letters right if you see is the compensation part the annexure part that's something okay. that comes as the bold letter part of it what they hide and what we have to actually put in a lot of value is what sort of benefits what sort of learning culture that the organization provides i think as a recruiter they do their fantastic job in selling the organization by providing all these things but we don't see that in the offer letter it is the benefits it is the learning capabilities that the organization has holds the employee than the compensation the minute we give that exposure to them the minute we provide all the details in terms of what sort of capabilities that they can learn and be open to that i think trust me i have seen employees rejecting 40 45% of the offers as well the minute we provide them a future visibility we are not giving them anything right now we are telling them that yes six months down the line this is what will come to you which might be a lucrative role for you why don't you explore why don't you wait and explore and the people have actually trusted the organization and you know withdrawn their resignation and so far that's what it has worked well for them as well all right that's amazing so so now let's uh, since we've talked about so much about individuals and the organization as well now let's talk about you being an hr because it's never an easy easy job and often hr is seen in the wrong light for all kinds of reason so what are the ways you tackle your stress levels and still ensure that you prioritize your tasks that needs to be completed in a in a timely manner well i agree to this part that uh, hr's role is difficult as much as it doesn't uh, seem uh, that outside uh, to the outside world yeah uh, we are doing a lot of things with a very limited scope of recognition right so always the organization wants to have or or the managers wants to have the good news to be given from their end mm-hmm. but rest of the communications they leave it to the organization to the hrs to have uh, that kind of conversation with the employees i think what matters there is how well are you associated with both the partners and i would like to say that employees the minute we call employees as an employees or an associate we are actually demeaning that it should be making them as a partner in the organization so how well do you gel with both an employee and the business to make them a good partner for that matter the minute you have built that kind of a rapport uh, with them it would be very easy for us to have lots of easy to have any such conversation for that matter uh it is pretty of whether it is a difficult conversation or whether it is any escalation conversation so that's the first part in terms of how do at least i handle or i tackle difficult conversations in terms of um, hr being stressed out i am more of a spiritual person so i follow in heartfulness meditation practice so far that has helped me to remain calm in uh, majority of such stress related scenarios that we 
come across on a day-to-day basis. So it's important how we look at and how we prioritize things. Mm-hmm. Whenever, as, as an HR business partner, part of my role is transactional, part of my role is an operational, part of my role is strategic, part of my role is also creating strategies for the future business needs, right? So it is a mixture of all these things. It is about how do we prioritize this entire situation? How, how do we make sure that we are catering to the employees' needs, keeping aside, also understanding what are our strategies and how do we achieve to them? So every day, if I have to put it that way, and this is something that I uh, started doing very recently, also maybe two, three years back, I realized that you know there were a lot of things that I was missing. There were a few important aspects that, you know, where we're getting completely, you know, missed out from the day-to-day activities. And the best thing to do is keep yourself reminded on a daily basis that these are the things that you have to cover. And at the end of the day, make sure that you are touch-basing on each and every aspect of the HR business partner role. The minute we get carried away with one or the other thing and ignoring the rest is the area where we set ourselves for failure. So to make sure, of course, these Personal aspects do help in terms of meditation and other things. There are a lot of uh, well-being aspects also that are there from an organization standpoint, which we need to uh, participate in. And also HR has to be close to our fraternity. The minute when we are just close to the HR as a business partner and close to the business is an area where we tend to lose the grip from what's happening in the key world of HR. How are we connecting? How are we sharing our grievances, how are we communicating with our colleagues, that becomes an important aspect. And uh, of course, I do get burnouts, I do get stressed as well at times. My mantra has been always uh, to stay with the family, to have conversation with parents, have conversation with wife, go out with friends, you know, make sure that I get my energy back. And uh, one mantra that has always worked for me is with this kind of a stress buster that I use, I make sure that the very next day is a fresh day for me with the same, maybe a similar kind of problems that I face. But I have seen that I have come across with a smarter way, smarter ways of providing the solutions for the same problems that I used to do it, uh, the same problems that I used to handle previously. So yeah, go out, have fun, make sure that the work-life balance is also intact for us. Because the more that we are balanced in this approach, the more energy that we will get wherein we can think smarter and come back uh, as a fresh entity. That's a lot of great advice and an amazing content for our lovely listeners. So this brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much, Akshay, for your lovely time and the wealth of knowledge that you've shared with us. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Akshay.